Welcome to The Future of Journalism, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. I'm Mira Selva, Deputy Director of the Institute and Director of the Journalist Fellowship Programme. On 3rd of May each year, the world marks Press Freedom Day to show support for journalists whose ability to report freely is curtailed through harassment and intimidation, online security threats, financial pressures, legal threats, as well as physical threats and the stark dangers of reporting from conflict zones. The most recent Press Freedom Index by Reporters Without Borders found that in almost three quarters of countries, journalism is constrained, seriously impeded or blocked outright. The day is also an opportunity to remember those journalists who have lost their lives due to their work. The Committee to Protect Journalists has confirmed that this year alone, 15 journalists have been killed in the nature of their work through covering the war in Ukraine, narco-trafficking in Mexico and civil unrest in Haiti and elsewhere. We run the Journalist Fellowship Programme at the Reuters Institute to highlight some of these issues and crucially to bring journalists from around the world reporting incredibly difficult, incredibly fast-changing situations to talk to each other and to us about what can be done. And today I'm really pleased to have two of our current fellows with us, Paolo Molina Tapia from Chile and Maurice Onyango from Kenya. Hello, Mira. Welcome. And Maurice, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having us today. You're very welcome. Paolo co-founded the news chatbot Lebot, which received the Journalism Award for Digital Excellence, UAH, one of her country's top journalism prizes, and she hosts a a weekly Chilean female-only political primetime TV programme and has worked as a BBC News Mundo contributor since 2014 as well. And Maurice is an award-winning freelance multimedia journalist and documentary filmmaker based in Nairobi. He's written for National Geographic, Global Investigative Journalism Network and Africa.com, amongst others. And he's produced documentaries for a wide range of outlets, including National Geographic, Africa Uncensored and NTV Wild. We're very, very lucky to have them with us. Paula, let me start with you. Chile experienced a really deep social unrest in 2019 and today is writing a new constitution that's quite extraordinary to watch from the outside. What role do you think the freedom of press plays in this debate? Well, a freedom of express and um, the debate around a, a free press, it's uh, one of the important topics in debate in the constitutional process. And I think this has um, highlighted some of the ongoing debates in Chile about uh, how much do we need and how much do we need to protect freedom of expression. But at the same time, uh, to which extent we as journalists, we who value journalism, should be um, address uh, the some of our flaws as as uh, communicators, some of those uh, barriers that have impeded us to um, fulfill our mission. I mean, in terms of diversity, in terms of exclusion, in terms of being able to really read the needs of uh, Chilean society and to express them in a way that can really inform the public debate. So I think those two uh, aspects are in the debate today. Freedom of the press and freedom of expression, of course, has an important role in our constitutional process. And I think it has uh, opened a debate about the need for a strong uh, freedom of press to protect freedom of press as the base 
for other rights uh, in our society. But at the same time, it has uh, opened a conversation, and it should be, I think it should be an ongoing conversation about which are our flaws as uh, media, um, which our where are our problems in, in terms of diversity, in terms of women leadership, in terms of being able to read uh, the needs of society and to be able to express them in the public debate in order to um, uh, have a more healthy uh, political democratic uh, debate. So I think those two aspects are uh, playing a role in our constitutional debate. And what understanding do you think there is in the public and those playing the key roles in writing the constitution on how important the media can be should be because Chilena has gone from a authoritarian regime with you know kind of incredibly strict controls on press freedom to one that's emerging and is now really quite vibrant and there's kind of big civil society and a protest movements across the country and I'm just wondering where you see journalism fitting in there. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting uh, question because I think one of the um, of the problems uh, for Chile was our uh, uh, our 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 lack of awareness about uh, the enormous amounts of um, uh, of uh, of problems that the society uh, was dealing with and uh, the need for uh, a better and more secure. A health system, a more equalitarian educational system, uh, uh, a better provision of some basic securities. And that the fact that the media was not capable to see that coming, that points, in my opinion, to a flaw in our practices that we need to address, that we can address, I think, uh, with complete respect to uh, freedom of the press. But I think we also need to um, to understand that people may not feel, or some people uh, may need to be reassured to understand better which is the role of the media, which is the role of the press, and why it is important uh, a free press in the country. Because in order to understand that, I think we will have a better support for uh, press freedom. And I'm saying this in the context of a, of a constitutional process that is trying to to better balance the the uh, of course the freedom that is so valuable for us as a society but also uh, a a stronger public provision of some uh, basic needs i'm talking about again health education a retirement a retirement system that doesn't rely so much on private and market and free market so in this balance between how much the state can uh, secure for Chilean society to uh, be a democratic and a stable uh, nation, and how uh, important it is to value democracy. I think this is the the place where our more important discussions are taking place, and of course, freedom of press is at the center or is part of that conversation. That's really interesting to hear. Thank you, Moritz. I'm going to go to you and to Kenya, which is coming at this issue from a very different way. You've got Article 34 of the 2010 Constitution that guarantees freedom of the press. But is that the reality on the ground? What's going on? Uh, thanks a lot. Um, maybe uh, if you allow me, I'd, just make, I'd like to make a comment about, uh, about uh, Chile's uh, constitutional process Please. and um, what they can learn from our 
from Kenya. Of course, um, the, uh, the freedom of the press in Kenya is not that um, the place where we want it to be. But one uh, thing that uh, they can learn from our process, because when you talk about the constitutional process, they might forget that um, the media, the media freedom being included in, into that uh, constitution itself um, would play a very big role because um, in the Kenyan context, uh, freedom of the media is included, enshrined in the constitution. That helps a lot in us securing some of the freedoms that we now enjoy and um, having a vibrant media. And uh, just to respond to your question, um, the reality on the ground is not uh, what is in, enshrined in the constitution because we we face some challenges as the media in, in the country and some of these uh, challenges that we face that now uh, bring uh, a problem to our freedoms uh, include uh, political influence um, on both private and state media because we have political interest in, in, in ownership of the media uh, companies and all that. We also have business interest and marketing interest that make it um, there's some sort of self-censorship by media organizations and, uh, and, and some journalists because they don't want to brush off some of the to jeopardize their income because of advertisers or to make some people in government angry or some political people angry. So those are some of the challenges. And also there's very slow or little investigations that have been happening uh, with regards to journalists who have been attacked or persecuted. So we, we haven't seen much investigations going into that or anyone being charged with that also this issue of police uh, and security forces um, uh, confiscating equipment from journalists or beating up journalists we've seen that happen especially during the pandemic period the corona pan pandemic period we saw videos of police beating journalists and pushing them away from stopping them from doing their work and we didn't see much happening with regards to them being uh, prosecuted or taken to court because they were stopping journalists from doing their work, which is a protected right according to our constitution. So yes, we have the article uh, 34 that uh, protects the freedom of the media, uh, freedom of the press, but the reality on the ground, we are not where we are supposed to be. And why do you think there's such a gap between what's written down and what happens on the street? Um, I think I think the biggest uh, challenge maybe would be interests. And um, for me, it's political interest and business interest because most of the media companies and, and, and the ownership of the media companies plays a, a big role in how we exercise our our duties as journalists. So if you do, for, for instance, you're doing an investigation and then it touches on someone who has a particular political inclination that favors the owner of that media. You see, going to press with that is not something that happens. So one of the biggest problems that we face is interests of and, and ownership. And Paula, you touched on this really, the kind of the pact between the 
the, the journalists and the public has got to be clear and transparent and it hasn't been and it isn't in, in many countries. Uh, listening to Moritz, what do you think you would like to see in Chile to make sure these kind of freedoms are, are protected and are, are, are we upheld? Yeah, I think as, as uh, Maurice uh, points out in Kenyan constitution, the inclusion of uh, prison freedom in Chilean constitution, which is um, which is something that was uh, that has been discussed and has been approved in the conventional constitution that is right in the new constitution in Chile, it is a uh, it is very important. I think the debate uh, today is um, in terms of to what extent and if the state should have a role in ensuring diversity and plurality in, uh, uh, for example, media ownership. And I think there are problems, um, there are challenges in media ownership and, and there are everywhere in, in the world. No? Uh, in the case of Chile, the National Journalism Award, Maria Olivia Monkeberg, she has uh, described the, the media system in Chile as a, as a room with closed curtains. There is a lack of transparency, um, we will benefit for um, you know uh, more uh, information just in terms of uh, how do we practice journalism and uh, how is uh, in which way the ownership the interests of the media owners and the journalists um, is effectively separated. For example, that could be something interesting. But having said so, the idea of the state. Um, taking uh, a more active part in the media system, mm -hmm. as we have seen all around the world, is uh, is a tricky one. No, it uh, um, yeah. it can lead to the uh, suppress of press freedom because uh, the state, and again, we have seen it in so many places in the world, uh, it may take these um, measures uh, that have been approved with maybe the best of intentions, but end up being used to crush the press now. And I think the same thing happens in order to those uh, measures that try to stop uh, the uh, fake news, for example, the so-called well, misinformation. So I would think we need to be very, very careful in Chile. But, uh, but again, I think the, um, the protection, a, a strong protection of uh, press freedom needs to also address our, our flaws. And needs us, I think, to express uh, a public commitment to really serve the society that is uh, securing that freedom of the press. Because one thing I kind of say on the Journalist Fellowship Programme and to journalists generally is you have to advocate for yourselves. And that's not the same as campaigning of advocacy, but being clear about why you do what you do, how you do it, and how the system works and how the process works and how important it is for the kind of functioning of a healthy society is something that needs to be said outright quite often. Um, Maurice, do you want to kind of address Paula's points? The two things I think are really interesting is the role of the public in helping protect press freedom because they value it. And then also, as Paula very rightly pointed out, um, journalists also need to be truly honest about themselves and take a critical look at their own practices because if they don't they can't ask other people to defend their work if they can't defend it themselves yes um that's very true because um we've seen um the times that um, journalists have been attacked or anything has happened to a journalist we've seen public outcry that um people came out and spoke 
uh, in numbers and say that we need to protect journalists because they are the people who give us information about what's happening and this is a constitutional right they should be left to be doing their job so we have a good um we, we enjoy a relatively good um backing from the public which helps a lot in the protection of uh, our freedoms to practice as journalists in the country and where do you think the the dangers might lie like which i suppose the question i want to ask both of you is you you've both high highlighted different ways journalism as a system can be undermined and that's through police actions legal actions um but i would like to know which journalists or which kind of journalists in your countries do you feel are under threat it's you know do come under kind of physical and legal and and online pressures that are deliberate that are that are done deliberately to try and stop them reporting yeah, so um, in, in, in our context, the journalists that I see being attacked most of the time are people who cover politics and okay. also journalists who do investigations. Um, uh, we've seen journalists being beaten by politicians, sometimes being slapped by politicians. or sometimes Being beaten being by the politicians beaten. themselves, not the security guards. <laughs> Yes, and being pushed, shoved away by their, their guards or sometimes even a, a journalist being beaten by by supporters of a political uh, party. We've seen instances in Kenya, especially, and, and now it's it's a political period, it's a, it's a campaign season. We've seen journalists being pushed. A, a, a case happened, like, I think, less than four weeks ago, where some journalists were kicked out of uh, an of the office of a political party because they are perceived to be from a media that supports uh, supports the other political um, uh, uh, presidential candidate so we see this happening uh, as well in kenya and um, the good thing is people come out to defend the journalist when it happens so there's that awareness that we need to leave these people to do their jobs Thank you. That's quite, that's impressive that um, that people do defend the journalists in these situations, but also quite extraordinary that the politicians themselves are slapping the reporters. There's one, there's one, 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 one very uh, prominent case of um, the time one of the presidential candidates uh, on a in a press conference, a journalist asked a question, and then when he uh, he asked he asked him what's your name, and then he said his name, and he said, "I know why you've asked that question because there's a perception that people from that region support this other candidate." So, this journalist was not the answer. Uh, the politician did not respond to the question because he assumed that he's asking that question because he comes from the tribe of the president from from the other presidential candidate. It was crazy. Wow. Okay. Yes. I think this is the kind of thing of, you know, journalism can be undermined from the top very effectively. And that's one of the most dangerous situations to get into. Paula. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would like to, to well, uh, besides to condemn all these practices that, uh, that abuse or, or present threats to journalism. Um, in the case of Chile, the country experienced, as you said, Mira, decades of uh, abuses and restric restrictions on, on freedom of expression and journalistic work could, uh, I mean, not could, put people's safety and lives at, at risk, you know, like journalists who lost their lives. 
uh, trying to, to inform and some who risk a lot in, in the process. And I think that as a Tilian media, we need to take responsibility for that history. We need to make a, an explicit commitment, as I said before, to the values that, that were run over then, that were crushed by, by the military dictatorship. But, and at the same time, I think we need to keep our eyes open about how uh, human rights, of course, in general, yeah. and, um, and press freedom should be protected. And journalists need some securities and need securities to, to fulfill their job. And in, in that term, it was um, very disturbing what happened during uh, the 2019 protests because uh, we had so many um, complaints of uh, mistreatment of journalists. Uh, so um, uh, cases that are uh, that were highlighted by the National Institute of Human Rights in Chile and that in many cases affected journalists who were there doing their job. Um, we have some very concerning uh, denounces of uh, spying on journalists yeah. who have been investigating the uh, military forces and that need to be addressed. And those are things also uh, create a, a, like a, the 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 this the the worry of 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 Chilean society, but I think we need uh, to be more very well aware of those threats because there is no such a place where sadly uh, human rights abuses are left really lessons that last forever. I think that the commitment around human rights it needs to be a permanent band. A daily wound, because if not, even the worst and most tragic uh, moments of history may be repeated. Thank you. The, the need for absolutely constant vigilance, which we see in, in many countries around the world. Let me kind of end with a kind of question about going forward. What do we do going forward. Paula, you talk about innovation and you, you believe that innovation can play a role in strengthening press freedom that I really want to ask you about. And Maritz, in particular, where do you see young, the younger generation's relationship with the media? Do you think, again, they will be willing to stand up for it? Do they value it? Do they use it? And what do journalists need to do to make sure the kind of the needs and interests of this younger generation are met through journalism as well? But Paula, can I start with you on innovation? Yes, uh, I think innovation should be our, our permanent attitude. It, it should be uh, like uh, the way that we as journalists should uh, wake up every day and to think how, how, do I, how can I make my work uh, a better quality work, a more useful work, a work that can really contribute to the public debate, to inform citizens, to a strength democracy. And that takes a lot of um, effort, that takes uh, a lot of uh, imagination. Sometimes you need to find uh, new solutions for, for all problems. You need to try to find new ways to reach your audience, to think where is the audience? Where can I reach the people that I think, that I believe will benefit from my work? From the information I'm, I'm collecting, and I need and I need new ways to collect information to to make my our work worthy. I think that's uh, that's important. Innovation takes such an important role on that. 
uh, I think we need to uh, have a more innovative attitude. We need more innovation in Chilean media. And we have seen that uh, in many cases, when there is innovation, there's also a better address of, um, of gender issues, for example. When there is innovation, there is uh, a better address of uh, social inequalities, which is such a huge problem in Chile. Uh, uh, so I think my, my hopes around the media go on that, uh, on that direction. And I think it's, it's been important. In the case of Labot, the newest chatbot that, um, that we founded with journalists Aleja, uh, Francisca Skotnit and Andre Insunza, uh, I'm not part of Labot anymore, but it's doing such a great job in, for example, um, informing about the way the constitutional process is taking place and trying to simplify and to better uh, convey and express the complexities of writing a new constitution. And I think that's a very good example of how innovation can uh, help us as, as media as a whole. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And Maritz? Um, I think what gives me hope about our situation and the a stronger uh, press freedom in the country is the fact that there's a realization among the young people that we need uh, a, a, a press that is free. Uh, press freedom have to be protected for the sake of having stronger institutions for in, in the country, uh, for a stronger judiciary, for a stronger and, and, and to keep in check government and also parliament. And there's that realization from the younger people. So there's this, there's, uh, uh, they, they, um, they come out in numbers to defend the media space, the journalists when they are under attack by anyone. So that is what gives me hope. And also what gives me hope in our press freedoms is the fact that uh, it is enshrined in the constitution and also the judiciary upholds that. Because I remember in 2018, there was a time that uh, for the government shut down for TV channels uh, four media stations because they covered an event that was done by the opposition leader. And for after a few days when they went to court, the court suspended the, the ban and uh, the government had to bring back this, uh, the, this media stations to continue broadcasting. So that is what gives me hope. There are stronger institutions and the fact that young people realize that um, press freedom have, has to be protected for the betterment of the country. Can, can I add something uh, to what Maurice says about the, the importance of institutions? Of course. The importance of an independence, uh, uh, justice. Please do. It is, it is also so important, so, so relevant. And uh, I think that the fact that in Chile, in the cases where journalists have um, uh, posed these denounces about uh, either abuse or threat over spying, uh, the justice has uh, taken care of the denounces and now they need, justice needs to, to, to offer, um, to uh, make people accountable for those threats. Because as Maurice says, uh, we need that, that institutions to do the work. And I, and I would also like to add a, a tiny thing about innovation that uh, I mentioned new media, but I think uh, traditional legacy media also can benefit a lot from innovation. I'm thinking about the radio that I work for, uh, Radio Cooperativa, and also the podcast. 
area that that we create there and how podcast has allowed us to include a more diverse diversity of voices, more women. Uh, we are reaching younger people. So there is also this place for innovation and it's so important all across the media, new media, legacy media, traditional media, we can all benefit from it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you both uh, for joining us today. Our guests today were journalist fellows Paolo Molina Tapia and Moritz Oniango. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And thank you, Paula. Thank you, Maria, for, for the invitation and, and to the Institute, of course. Thank you. Make sure you follow our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Institute, subscribe to our weekly newsletter by clicking the link on our Twitter bio or on our homepage. Thank you for listening to Future of Journalism. I'm Mira Salva. We'll be back soon.